You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast number 399. 99 nerves, not with the G-Men. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome, everybody, to my Mac podcast number 399. 399. That's a big number, isn't it, Guy? I hope that, you're there anyway, Guy. I'm here. I'm here. And that is a huge, huge number. It's like a huge mungus. <laughs> okay, oh, now, I, I suppose... Damn it. Uh, I don't, don't, don't Sorry, start. I hit don't. the wrong button, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's good. That's good. Um, 99 nerves, not with the G-Men. I, I think I might have to explain that just ever so slightly. Yeah, because, uh, um, well, you didn't have to explain it to me because I'm like so scary smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we, we have a typical British game in the summer over here, which is called cricket. Cricket. Yes. Fun, fun. Cricket right. sandwiches and all. Anyway, um, the I'm not going to explain the game of cricket. Please, we please would do be not. There is a, be a long time. However, the uh, cricketers can score runs. Uh, these runs are added up one at a time, or they could hit a four or a six, but I won't go into that. However, if they get to 99, which is you know normally a pretty good and uh, a score which everybody would like to get, um, well, actually, I'd prefer to get to the 100, um, but very often when they get to 99, it causes them nerves. And that 99 can be repeated, i.e. at 99 before they get to 100, or 199 before they get to 200, or 299 before they get to 300. <laughs> okay, which I, would I, be think, a I think they score. get that. I think they okay, so they get that very, part of they, it. They, they get nervous <laughs> when they get to 90. Well, I was going to get to 399 because that's where we are, you see. Ah, Okay. And that, so that's why I said 99 nerves, not with a G-Man. Because are we nervous, Guy? Are you nervous? No, I'm good. I'm good. Of course, I'm medicated, yeah. so, so that well, works well, out really good. well. Well, I'm medicating myself at the moment with some <laughs> um, thirsty ferret. Ah. And I've got to explain to the listeners, because this may come out early. I am looking out the window, and I see blue sky. Which Now, that's not unusual. But it is unusual for me to see the sun whilst I'm talking to my friend Guy. <laughs> yeah, we usually record on uh, Tuesday. Well, for, for Gaz, it's Tuesday night. And uh, he, he wasn't going to be able to make it on this Tuesday. So we decided to uh, to just do the show a, a couple days early. So I'll probably get it out a little bit earlier. And, and it, it also helps that, be- that Mrs. Guy isn't here. And uh, I'm... I'm here with my my two teenage boys, and of course they are driving me crazy with all of their teenage angst. But that's okay. <laughs> that's terrible. I'm actually here on well, not quite on my own. Actually, my oldest daughter's here, so because uh, uh, my wife's gone out to uh, see the youngest in a concert over at uh, in Kettering, I think they are. Anyway, so yes. Now, yesterday I awoke early to watch the qualifying of the Chinese Grand Prix. I went downstairs. Oh, they, they actually have a Grand Prix in China now? Yes, yes, one of the locations is in China. I do. In Shanghai. 
Ah, well, there you see. You learn something every time you speak to me. <laughs> That's true. But the, I, had, <laughs> I had such a long way to go. How hard is that? <laughs> <laughs> and as I went into the room at 6.56 Saturday morning, how do I know it was 6.56? Because I was just going to get in time for the Grand Prix qualifying, as I said. And whoosh, the phone slides off the book that I had. Wait, wait, wait. And your phone? Slowly fl- my phone, my oh. iPhone 4S, and flies majestically through the air towards the floor. The sun glinting off of its case. I, it was like one of those movies where it all goes in slow motion yeah. and you watch it happening. And it hit Were the floor. you saying, no? Is it yeah, going, yeah. And I had other things in my arm, so I couldn't, you know, try and catch it or do something, and I couldn't. So, okay, so major panic, you bet. (laughs) So I picked the phone up, I went in, and the TV on, because I've still got to watch the Grand Prix qualifying, of course. And I thought, right, let's just sit down now. Take it easy, Gary, deep breaths. Press the uh, home button, nothing. Press the top on-off button, nothing. (laughs) Oh, no. Press Press them both together quickly. Nothing. Mm. Right. It's Saturday. Let me see if there's any genius appointments at uh, the local Apple store, which there was. So 11.20, it was booked. My appointment was booked. Uh, So I settled down to watch the qualifying because there was very little I could do. You know, yes, I had swore a couple of times and told myself off. (laughs) And after a few tweets... Um, James Turner of Woodpad fame. Yeah, we talked about him last week. James, we talked about him last week. Uh, In fact, I've got a funny little story about what I said last week, uh, which you didn't pick up on, uh, and I picked up on when I listened back. Anyway, um, he's asked if I tried a DFU whilst connected to the Mac. Well, I'm I'm sure you had said several FUs, but I don't know about a DFU. (laughs) And that basically is resetting the phone when it's connected to the Mac. But I thought while I was sitting watching the the Grand Prix, I'd try the DFU there. And to do that, basically, you hold the power button at the top and hold the home button at the bottom at the same time for at least about 10 seconds, I think. So, I mean, this is, you know, not over a couple of minutes. This is over like 15 or 20 minutes this was going on. So I'd had 15 or 20 minutes of me thinking, idiot, idiot, idiot. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I tried it and something happened. It kind of started a process of resetting. And it kind of went into, you know, uh, its recovery mode. And I thought, yes. Anyway, it restarted, and I thought, it all looked fine, and I I was tweeting this progress as we went along. But then I suddenly looked at the phone again at one point, because I was obviously still watching the qualifying, suddenly realized that a 3G um, symbol was on the top bar. Now, obviously, when I'm at home, it will connect to the Wi-Fi. Or it should. So I thought, or it should, automatically. So I thought, "Uh uh-oh. So I went into settings and um, had a look, and it... The Wi-Fi um, piece of information was grayed out, so I couldn't oh. click on it. You know, I couldn't tap on it. Yeah. And I thought, oh, no, it's obviously loosened the, the antenna. It must have uh, come loose because apparently I was told through these other tweets as well that the 3G antenna is actually screwed to the board or screw, has a screwed connection, so won't come loose, obviously, unless that screw unscrews itself, which can happen. 
Um, and the antenna, the Wi-Fi antenna, is like a clip. It's like a, one of these clippers. And that had been clipped in place. So I thought, ah, that's it then. That's what's happened. Well, didn't this kind of happen to your daughter's phone too? Yes, funnily enough. See, yes, I was did. paying How, attention. <laughs> you were, weren't you? you? You get points for that. Yay. Anyway, so so for some reason, I just thought, I'll just try a restart. You know, I just did a complete, you know, shut it down from the button at the top. I don't know why I did that. But just because I wasn't told to do it. Anyway, I don't I don't remember being told to do it. Anyway, I did the restart. And hey, presto, it came back on and the Wi-Fi was connected. Meanwhile, I'd actually... I don't, and I don't know why I did this either. I rattled the phone. I shook the phone. And I could hear a little rattle. And I thought, you know, before I'd done the restart, that was what was happening. You know, the connector must have come loose. Sure. And I could hear this, just this ever so slight little rattle of something inside. And it seems actually that a few people have found they've got a little rattle inside the phone. <laughs> so the best thing to do is obviously not shake your phone and then you won't hear it, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so the Wi-Fi came on and everything seems to be working. The microphone seems to be working. The speaker's working. The volume up and down is ver- working. The mute button is working. So it's little trip, it's little um, escapade from my hand to the floor <laughs> seems to have just done it, uh, you know, a mi- minor shock um incident and uh, the pixies inside fixed it phew that's all i can say well phew. you know what this anyway. basically means what we've Go got here is failure to communicate <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it could have been failure to communicate with my phone anyway a few hours later i you know something else happened a daughter could said God, the Apple TV won't connect to uh, iTunes. Thought, Is that how oh, she said it to? No. Yeah, yeah, she's got a deep voice like that. <laughs> um, and I thought, oh, here we go. So I, I quick, and I was, I was in the middle at this point. This was a few hours later. So I, I finished watching the qualifying. I was upstairs and I was doing some accounts. And well, I thought, did, did you oh, still go to the this? Apple store or did you just let that slide? <clears throat> no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I should have said I actually cancelled the appointment. Okay. Um, I may make another appointment, but I was I was really not wanting to go to the Apple store because um, I was going to be busy doing uh, doing the accounting, um, the accounting during the during the day. So I was from that perspective that I was quite pleased. But you know what the importance was? The important was to get the phone fixed if it had been broken. Of course. Anyway, so I goes down. I go downstairs and I turn the Apple TV off. Apple TV off. Turn it back on. Still won't connect. Go to the Mac me uh, Mac Mini Media Center. Have a look at iTunes. Everything looks all right. Everybody's on the network. It's all connected. So I thought, right, I'll just do a restart. So I did a restart, and after that, it connected. So, you know, it just picked it up. And I tweeted this as well, and somebody said, actually, what they normally do is you just have to restart home sharing in your iTunes library that the Apple TV is connected to, and that normally fix it. And quite a number of people have said that they've actually seen the same thing where after a while, all of a sudden, the Apple TV may lose its connection um, to um, your iTunes server or your iTunes, uh, wherever it's being held. And the the, um, home sharing option, the best way to do it is just turn it off and then turn it back on, and it normally reconnects. Well, did you you have to put your password back in and everything? No, or, no. Well, well, I didn't because I restarted the machine, which obviously restarted the home sharing connection. Ah, right, right. Okay. Um, but but so so I haven't actually restarted home sharing. I think if I think if you turn home sharing off and then turn it back on, if you've got a, a password, then you you probably have to. Yes. Okay. Um, 
but but I haven't tried that. So, um, but yeah, that's what I did, and, and that was working. And then somebody on Twitter said, "You know what? Things happen in threes." <laughs> did something else happen, or are you but just waiting for it? So, so far, nothing else has happened. It's been yeah. Thank God it's been quiet here. I I, I don't want to pick up whatever your third problem is going to be. <laughs> that would just <laughs> not be good. Okay, oh. now. As this is three ninety nine, you know what's happening on the next one, don't you? That's number four hundred. And do we have something going on for four hundred? We've got tons of stuff to give away. <laughs> it's incredible. We've got software from all over the place, all sorts of software to suit everybody's needs. But people are going to have to. Well, they've not got long left to enter, have they, really, Guy? No, it's it. We're getting you know, it's right down to the wire. Um, we're probably going to pick the winners either, you know, sometime next weekend for the 400th show that we'll, we'll uh, unless we record on Sunday, we'll record that on Tuesday. So uh, if you haven't got your entry in either through Facebook or through uh, email to either Gaz or myself, you probably have until about, uh, what is that? What is that Sunday, the 22nd? Uh, do you know, I don't know. I haven't got my calendar open, yeah, but I is. would say it yeah. probably is the 22nd as today is the 15th. Yes. So you, you <laughs> more than likely have <laughs> until seven. about April 22nd to but, get your but, you know, go, But folks, we've been telling everybody for 10 weeks. So come on, you should have already got your entry in. That's right. You, know, uh, you, you do not get points for waiting until the last minute. That's not how no, it works. And it doesn't it doesn't increase your chances. No, everyone's going to have the same chance. Yeah, but we've got so much software. You know, I was I was thinking about this the other day. You know, once I take out uh, the people that are associated with mymac.com or people that are associated with our families or, or whatever, you basically have about a one in two to one in three chance of winning something in this contest. Somewhere along there's a few lines. people have e- there's a few people that have emailed me as well, guy. Oh, in recent anyway. times? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, let, let's... Yeah, gonna, yeah, what can they win, Gaz? Anyway. Well, <laughs> nicely done. <laughs> nicely done. Yeah, boy, that was okay. just so smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot me. Um, ALK Technologies have given us a couple of copy, copies of Copilot iOS GPS application. And BusyMac Software has given us two copies of BusyCal. Uh, Splasm Software have given us two copies of Audiobook Builder and one copy of Checkbook Pro. Uh, Zeobit Software, two copies of MacKeeper 2012. Boink Software have given us two copies each of iStop Motion Pro, Photomagico <laughs> Pro, and Boinks TV. Uh, MacFun Software, a couple copies of FX Studio Pro. Publications International Limited, iCookbook, um iCookbook.com have given us two copies of iCookbook. I assume iCookbook.com is just their website where you can go yeah. and see rest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Slinkware Software at Slinkware.com has given us 10 copies <clears throat> of Slink. Uh, our good friend Reggie Ashworth. In fact, they're all our good friends, to be honest with you. But he's I given us two copies all. each of... Yeah, he's given us two copies each of AppDelete uh, from the Mac App Store, AppDelete and VidConvert from his website. Uh, Real Mac Software, two copies each of Rapid Weaver, Analog, and Courier. Noodlesoft.com, or just Noodlesoft, have given us two copies of Hazel. 
Plask has given us three copies each of Comic Life 2 and Comic Life for the iPad. Smile Software, three copies of Text Expander, PDF Pen Pro, and Disc Label. And last but not least, uh, from Twisted Wave, the Twisted Wave iOS audio app, which rocks. And if, you, uh, if you're not sure what any of these programs do, go back and listen to the second segment in um, on MyMac.com podcast number 398, and you'll get all the explanation you could ever want and more of each one of these <laughs> programs. Well, yeah, I'm not sure about the full explanation, but <laughs> well, it's, a, it's an, o- it's an overview. It's an overview. Yeah. It's an overview. Now, g- Guy, I, I'm quite concerned, actually, because come podcast number 401, when we haven't got all of these to go through in the first section, yeah. I mean, we're going to be in about 40 minutes for a podcast, aren't we? <laughs> you know what? I, I don't think that'll be a problem because there's only been one podcast in recent memory that's been under an hour. So we always seem to find uh, new and interesting things to talk. Well, at least new and interesting to us. Yeah, Can't promise yeah. that it's interesting for anybody else. No, that's true. That's true. Okay, so over to the MyMac.com website. And unfortunately, because we are recording fairly close to the uh, previous um time that we recorded although it's what four four days four or five days isn't it so it's, yeah. it's not quite that close but it's been a little bit quiet over at the uh, mymac.com website and the only thing uh, there at the moment is adobe photoshop touch for the ipad 2 which is a review by suze it's not suzy ah. it's suze yeah. you nitwit brit i was ready mm. yeah but i said suze like <laughs> cafe um <laughs> Suze Gilbert. Uh, It costs $9.99. Brief description from Suze is, many photographers, myself included, have been patiently waiting for Adobe to develop a powerful photo editing app for the iPad to compare with Photoshop. Adobe launched Photoshop Touch last year for the Android platform, and Photoshop Touch is now available for the iPad. It is compatible with the iPad 2 and new iPad but the iPad one is not supported. Wah, wah. As an in, as an image editor, Adobe included several terrific features gleaned from Photoshop that are not currently found in other <coughs> photo editing apps. Now it goes on. There's quite a long and comprehensive review. Um, it does get a, a only a I would call it a mediocre six out of ten from Suze, and there has been a comment from someone else. So go over and take a read if you were thinking about getting that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's a. I, I think um, I think Mark Greentree on not another Mac podcast. I think he had Suze on his last podcast, and and they went into that quite a bit. Uh, we have right. we have a lot of feedback this week, uh, starting with email. We got something here from Andy uh, Winton. He says, "Hi there. You talked about my app Lexicon in your last show. Thank you. It's cool to have feedback from this." from someone who isn't my mom or my son or a workmate or someone I have, I am exerting extreme physical pain onto. (laughs) This is the biggest exposure that I've had. It is also the only, maybe I should keep that bit quiet too late. I already said it. If you want any more info about the app or the months and months of blood, sweat and tears that went into it, just ask. And no, I'm not going to ask. Uh, I hate to correct you, uh, but somebody has to, Andy, somebody really has to. 
Uh, I mean, my mother used to, but she doesn't live with me anymore. (laughs) You do have a slight misspelling of the app name, which also he misspelled misspelling. So there, Uh, which is quite fitting as the game is all about spelling. It's Lex Egon, <laughs> not Lex Egon, a contraction of Lexicon and Hexagon. See what I've done there? I've tried hard to listen to all the reviews for the app and have changed Lexicon to try to please everyone. If you or your listeners want any changes, ask them to go to my website, www.lazybush.co.uk, and send an email. Can I link to your site and podcast for my own selfish world domination plans? Well, it hasn't worked out that well for us. Uh, I am now at 30 downloads a day. Watch out, angry birds. An angry Scotsman is coming. I should have said that in a Scottish accent. Thanks again, uh, Andy Winton. Uh, yeah, sure, they're done. Yeah, but, I'll tell you um, what. I think you know, you know, and and the best part is my, my Scottish accent is almost as good as my British or Irish accent. Right. Um, <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> what I think we ought to do is actually contact Andy. And Andy, if you are listening, uh, contact, you know, send us an email. Uh, perhaps you could come on the show. Sure. There you go. There's an invite for you. Okay, we also got uh, some more uh, email uh, feedback. Guy, after hearing your late your tale of woe about your iPhone, I can feel the pain you went through. <laughs> However, I understand this email is too late to save you the Dollars and dollars and dollars. But in case it happens again, you can go to the Apple Store and they may exchange it to you. Sorry, they may exchange it for you for free. Hmm, I believe I you get one glass screen. Yeah, I believe you get one glass screen replacement. It happened to me, and I. Ah, uh, uh, it happened to me, and if they gave me a replacement iPhone. I'm not sure about that. Uh, need to read that a little bit again. Sorry. No, about I think that. it's it happened um, to me, and they gave me a replacement phone. Right. It's just that eye that's thrown me. So yeah. you could ask on the podcast if others have had the same experience. Um, thanks again for the great podcast, and send my regards to Gaz. Hey, that's nice of you. Cheers, Richard. Um, yeah. Has, has anybody else had the same experience? There you go. There's the question. Yep. So you can send us, and the, the, the best way to let us know about this is to call 703. No, I'm not going to go into the Skype number, but, <laughs> but that would work out really well. Um, if you want to call us and tell us about your experience, you will hear the number at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had gone How's ahead that? and gone to uh, the, the local place to get the glass replaced. Um, I'm trying to remember, what was the name of that store? We also got some other feedback here. Thanks for the Woody. Was just listening to My Mac Podcast 398. I was almost rolling on the floor laughing when you read my German iTunes review. This must be from Peter Benz. When you read my German iTunes review, good job. You almost had one word pronounced correctly. And yes, I do blame you for our house constantly filling up with Apple equipment. Good job. Continue to entertain us. New guests that showed up, Time Capsule and Airport Express. I know it might be a little short notice, but wouldn't it be a good idea for the 400th episode to include some of the outtakes recordings during the breaks 
uh, you mentioned some episodes ago. And hey, I expect the 400 show to be at least 400 minutes. There is room for about an hour of break talks. <laughs> I don't know about that, but maybe you would need an explicit tag. Yes, we would, because it might not be safe to listening to while driving. Don't laugh and drive. Two other topics you might cover in future episodes. Gaz, you mentioned some time ago that you had some of your photo slides scanned and digitized. Maybe I missed it, but yes. could you share your experiences with this service? Could you cover? Yeah, well, th that would make a good segment. Uh, could you cover the issue of air printing and some of the available and compatible printers? I think it's mostly just HP. Uh, some experiences and what to take care of. I currently have a an older non-Wi-Fi Brother inkjet printer connected via USB to the Airport Express. Because I'm afraid that this printer will quit his job in the near future, well, you're not paying him enough, uh, I am looking for buying a new Wi-Fi-enabled printer then. Any things to be considered. Thanks for all the entertaining shows. I enjoy them a lot. Peter Benz. Well, thank you very much, Peter. That's uh, yeah, that's uh, a couple of um, subjects that we could talk about in the uh, era of the four hundred. <laughs> yeah, I, I think HP is still pretty much uh, all alone as far as uh, air printing goes. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, but I'm not sure if, yeah, if you've uh, we'll, got we'll a well, um, well. Let's well, let's not yeah. talk about it now. Let's yeah, leave okay. it for because this is feedback, guy. Come on, get with the game. Okay, sorry, you know, sorry. Yeah, it is. Sunday. <laughs> so some feedback, <laughs> some feedback from Twitter. Um, you were both asking about any other photo sharing apps on episode three ninety. Had either of you mentioned five hundred px? That's from Sandbagger thirteen, otherwise known as Bill Patterson. I'm not sure that we did mention five hundred px. Uh, not Bill, that I'm but, aware of. I, I wasn't aware of it until I saw this. Yeah, well, I was, but I to, to me, I think it's more. It's a bit more of a professional app. And I think where we were coming from was really your more everyday user, uh, for the likes of myself, to be honest with you. Um, I, I've heard recently, I, I listened to, um, there's a Twip, uh, Twip, um, photo show. I think it's called Twip, uh, this week in photography. Yeah. Um, and I think it's Frederick Van, can't remember his surname. Anyway, I think he goes around known as Fred, Frederick Van. And they spoke about 500px along with another photo sharing um, service recently. So if you're interested, go and take a look. Um, they do have a free service and a pro service. But I think it is it is really based more for professionals. But, you know, if they've got a free service in there, go take a look. Yeah, why not? Um, I tweeted that I had bought Duke Nukem Forever on the Mac App Store for ten bucks because I, I really couldn't believe that it was as bad as I heard it was. And then uh, Clive Hammett tweeted back saying that he bought it for even less and found out that it is as bad as people are saying it is. And I did sit down and and try to play it, and it is just so bad. There is I I don't want to go into a whole review of it, but there are just po point parts of the game where absolutely nothing happens and you would think that a game that took like what 12 years to come out that somebody would have looked at the finished product and go you know this is just not good and it wasn't mm -hmm. okay we also got uh from if the face fits which is john baptiste don't forget me in the competition i was as i was one of the first to like your facebook page i'll remind you again near the time <laughs> <laughs> which he just did 
which he just did. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll go on to this one as well because I just received a tweet. I mean, this is this is how current they I received this tweet not 30 minutes ago from Steve McShane. He says, uh, at Gaz and at Matt Parrott, you guys need a live show so we can drink along in the chat room. <laughs> and I just, uh, and I sent a reply to him saying, drink now. And he's actually sent me a picture of the beer that he's having, which I suppose I best mention. And it's called Shenanigans. That's the name go. of the beer? See? That's the name of the beer. And I've got a mm. picture of it here. Yeah, it looks like a, a real dark beer with a nice, um, a nice head on it. So yeah, cool, good stuff. Oh, there's a joke I could make, but I'm I'm just not. Going I there. know. Yes, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> We're good. a friendly family, friendly show. That's right. Uh, we got some feedback from Facebook from Antonio Andres <laughs> Martinez. Hi, friends. I would like to tell you that I have found another way to share my pictures. As you know, something that I want to do now without Mobile Me, uh, Mobile Me Gallery. And this is thanks to iPhoto for iPad and the diary feature. It is 100% Apple, good, easy, and nice. It is fantastic, as is your podcast. Never the same. You always speak about totally different things, but always fun and interesting. Thank you for the great work, Guy and Gaz. Go on, G-Men. Yay. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I'll go on. I'll go on then. Stephen Loy posted <laughs> on the My Mac podcast wall. What's up? Yo, Max. He, yeah, bro. Coming down <laughs> with the rest. Okay, let your splasm buds know that uh, they made a sale by coming on the podcast and talking about their stuff. I bought Audiobook Builder and it saved my life! Exclamation mark. Okay, Trademark. so that's the hyperball. <laughs> yeah, no, no trademark. Oh, okay. So that's the hyperball, but I love the program. I tell everyone about it, and I heard about it on mymac.com. <laughs> well, my Mac podcast, but there you go. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, so, Splasm, <laughs> you got a sale. That's right. So you need to you need to sponsor us and and see to it that, that we all get some money. <laughs> <laughs> We're tired of doing this for free. Uh, Peter Bird also no, commented, not. "Huh? No, we're not. No, well, we're not. that doesn't mean we're not going to keep doing it." <laughs> Peter Bird also commented on uh, my Mac podcast link. Uh, he writes, "Hello, guys. Great show. You guys always cheer me up and provide a lot of useful information." By the way, just got the update from Apple to do with removing the flashback malware slash virus. People can't. It seems to decide which it is from infected Max. Thank you, Peter. Excellent. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, I think the only thing we really um, give useful information on is basically telling people to keep away from us too. <laughs> yeah, that, that's awful that useful. Does. Yeah. Okay. Turophobia. Yeah, that has to be uh, fear of making turns. Uh, well, I don't think that's quite right. I mean, you're not uh, even close this time. Oh, I mean, man. normally you get you, 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 you get I'm, I'm close like just, sometimes. Uh, usually, but. I'm just like just off. People are telling me would, I'm just off. Yeah. Would you like me to spell it out for you? Would that help? T u r o p h o b i a. Turophobia. I have no uh, idea. You, what do you what, what does it mean? Right. It's the fear of cheese. <laughs> I don't have that. I'm a I'm a cheese oh, yeah. fan. I'm a big cheese fan. <laughs> That's excellent. That's excellent. Um, and this week, um, the tech news. Um, well, it is tech, isn't it? I did, you know, it is tech news of the weird, isn't it? This one. And this is. It's weird. certainly. 
it's it's certainly weird. I came across I, I can't remember where I found this now. It was probably on Twitter somewhere. Somebody I really need to keep links to the where I see these things. This is a robot. Now it's it's in Japanese, I think. Yeah, uh, and it's certainly got Japanese or Chinese writing, and it's a little robot which sits on your sideboard, and it pours beer into your glass for you. And it looks like um, it holds strawberries or something in his other yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it's holding, yeah, it's like a, a little uh, waiter, a little, you know, and it's got a little bowl on one arm. And it pours beer into your glass, and it is <laughs> hilarious. But You've not very well. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> tech, tech news of the weird. It just pours the beer, which I'll let you go and watch it. Just go and watch the video. It's only short. It's about 30 seconds, if that. Yep, and it's a happy robot. Okay. It's a what, it's robot? A, it's a happy robot. <laughs> it's, a, it's certainly a happy robot. Okay, have I got to take us out? Oh, please. This has been a long one. <clears throat> okay, ready? Yep. Stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. You are getting so much use out of Tom. Mr. Sunday, what did you say? Do you really want to wake up at 8 past 10? Scott, can you fix me up? Um, that might be easier said than done, but okay, who with? With John Nemo. Uh, yeah, Nemo's already married and has a grown daughter? No. I mean fix me up with a set of headphones so I can listen to Nemo's all-new App Minute podcast. Technology is everywhere, and the internet could seem like a large, scary place. Well, let TeacherCast bring it into focus for you. TeacherCast.net features the best in app reviews, screencasts, how-tos, and so much more. TeacherCast.net is also available in the App Store. Be sure to check out TeacherCast because students aren't the only ones with a lot to learn. Listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast probably won't cure male pattern baldness, but can you afford to take that chance? And welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. Uh, this break, uh, you know, we don't usually talk a lot about news, but but this is kind of important. Uh, the U.S. Department of Justice currently has... Uh, an investigation going on concerning uh, Apple publishers and ebooks, and, and I'll just read the blurb that I wrote here. Said, Did Apple collude with book publishers to fix prices at levels higher than Amazon? The U.S. Department of Justice seems to think so and is suing Apple and the publishers. However, it seems Apple wasn't present at any of the alleged meetings that took place between the publishers and offered a different model for ebooks than what Amazon had been offering. The publishers in question are Simon and Schuster, HarperCollins, Hat the Hatchet Book Group, Penguin, and Macmillan. Uh, prior to the iPad, Amazon bought books and ebooks based on a wholesale pricing model. This is pretty much the same model that book publishers had had with brick and mortar stores for a very long time. A book hardcover first release has a retail, this is just an example, has a retail price of 
The publisher sells it to retailers at about half at twelve fifty, leaving it up to the reseller reseller to set the final price. This would usually be anywhere from fifteen dollars to the full retail price. The publisher makes their money up front at twelve dollars and fifty cents a copy. The retailer makes their money on the markup. However, Amazon wasn't playing that game in quite the same way with ebooks. Amazon sold many of their ebooks using the same example at a lower price than what they paid for it, say at nine dollars and ninety nine cents. It you know sounds crazy, right? Except that that ebook could only be read on an Amazon Kindle reader because of DRM, which is still insisted on by the publishers. They made quite a bit of their money on selling you the hardware. This is similar to what Apple does with iOS devices, except Apple doesn't operate their iOS store or iTunes at a loss to bring in more sales. Amazon is willing to lose a little money for that hardware sale. That's fine and dandy, except it also means that other players that want to sell ebooks that don't have dedicated hardware, or even if they do, apparently don't make enough, uh, enough of a markup on the hardware to offer similar discounts. This left Amazon prior to the release of the iPad and Apple's iBook store with about 80 to 90% of the overall ebook market. Apple couldn't or wouldn't sell ebooks at a loss, so they came up with a different model for the publishers. Almost identical to what they do with iTunes, the iOS store, and the Mac App Store, they told the publishers that they could set the price to whatever they wanted and that and that's what Apple would sell it for. Apple receives a 30% cut of that retail price. Uh, this was called the agency model. There was one catch, though, and this is probably what got Apple into trouble. The publishers who signed up couldn't sell their ebooks cheaper to anyone else, and resellers like Amazon... Oh, excuse me. Couldn't heavily discount the ebooks. So that's that's in a nutshell that that's kind of what's going on. And I've got some questions here that uh that Gaz and I'll go over. Uh my first question to you Gaz is does this equal collusion on Apple's part? Um no. <laughs> <laughs> Short and sweet. Uh, is is it because since they weren't involved in the meetings and they weren't telling the publishers what to set the, the their books prices at, or is there is there another uh, part of it? Uh, uh, pretty much. I mean, basically, collusion is when a group of people get together and decide that they will um, make sure that the prices of a particular product can be sold at a particular level to make sure that they are able to make a certain amount of margin. Um, I'm going to put a few links right. into the into this particular uh, item for you to put on the website because there's there's a couple of good okay. reads out there. Cool. We were we were on the IMP or I was on the IMP podcast on Friday and there's one story called Understanding the Agency Model and the DOJ's Allegation Against Apple and Those Publishers. And that basically goes through and shows you the wholesale model and the agency uh, model that Apple have got. Um, and uh, there's also a link to basically <laughs> the, the DOJ is likely to lose the ebook antitrust suit against targeting Apple. And I think that's because Apple are, yeah. are not, they've not colluded in this, I don't think. Um, from from what I'm hearing, um, and it, it, a message came from John Sargent, and there's a quote uh, from John Sargent, who's basically the um, I think he's the 
He's, he's the CEO. I think he's the CEO of Macmillan. And um, he uh, made a statement, uh, and I'm putting, going to be putting that link into, uh, into the show notes as well. Um, but in that statement, he said, it is hard to settle a lawsuit when you know you have done no wrong. The government's charge is that Macmillan's CEO colluded with other CEOs in changing to the agency model. I am Macmillan's CEO and I made the decision to move Macmillan to the agency model after days of thought and worry. I made the decision on January 22nd, 2010, January 22nd, 2010, but some time ago, a little after 4am on an exercise bike in my basement. It remains the loneliest decision <laughs> I have ever made, and I see no reason to go back on it now. So it it, it sounds to me that that <sighs> I, I think actually, and one of the things that I said because I I'm not really up on this. I'll be totally honest with you, guy. You know, coming from outside of the US, because this doesn't um, apply to obviously those book sales outside of the U S and, and and I, I just looking from the outside in, it does look like it's a little bit of a fit up to be honest with you, because obviously the DOJ have come in and then you've got lots of, on the back of that, you've got lots of States now deciding to have a go at Apple as well. And I just wonder whether there was a little bit of elbow shoving and go on, you do it and we'll back you Go on, you do it and we'll back, which in itself is collusion. Of course. Um, some of the yeah, this this seems more like a mo- partly a money grab, at least as far as the states. Yeah, go. De- oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, um, one or two of the book um, publishers have actually settled with the DOJ, but that may be because they've they've just decided it's the easiest thing that they can do. But importantly, a number have not included Macmillan, um, and I I I I just don't think this looks. It doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right. Um, I think I know why Apple did it because uh, Amazon were putting them in a play, into a position where pretty much Apple, what Apple did to the music industry back in the early two thousands, possibly with you know their grip of um, selling music through the iTunes store. Uh, although you know it doesn't quite feel as bad as that. I mean it. it to me, well, honestly, if if I can interject, yes, please. There, yes, there's please. a real big I'm going difference down a here in that <laughs> in that um, when Apple made their individual deals with music publishers to sell so- individual songs at ninety nine cents, they didn't tell them that if they sold it for a lower price to someone else, that they would refuse to sell their yeah. goods, which is what Amazon has done. They have gone to some of the publishers and said, if you force us to go to this model, not only are we not going to sell your ebooks, we're not going to sell your physical books as well. And that in itself is anti-competitive. You, know, you, you, that's a mon- you, that's a, you shouldn't. That's anyway. monopolistic trading, yeah. surely. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's face it, with uh, at least here in the States, uh, Barnes and Noble bookstores are in big trouble. Uh, most of the Borders books, which was the, the, the big brick-and-mortar stores, they're almost all gone, if they're not already all gone already. So where else can the publishers go except for the small mom-and-pop shops and Amazon? 
So if Amazon comes along and says, well, we're not going to sell your books because we don't agree with the way you're pricing them, and there's really nobody else they can go to, yeah, that that's anti-competitive. And, 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 well, certainly and, if know, that's what they said, then, you know. Let, let me say this real quick in that it's not against the law to have a monopoly. That's not the problem. The problem is what, you know, in the actions that you take once you have a monopoly. You have to be very, very careful in the actions that you do that so that somebody else coming along that also wants to sell in that same market, and it doesn't matter what it is, uh, that, that you're not pulling strings behind the scenes to make it difficult for somebody else to also sell the same types of products. And if we were talking about things like um, stoves or microwave ovens or refrigerators or TV sets or things like that, that would be different because a TV set from Samsung or a TV set from Sony, okay, you know, they're both TV sets. They, they pretty much do the same thing. If you decide to sell just the Sony brand or just the Samsung brand, that's fine. It's not going to be any real difference. But with books, it is different because if, if you want to buy a Stephen King book, okay, well, that's only going to be sold through publisher A. You can't say, well, I'm not going to buy from publisher A. I want to buy a Stephen King book from publisher B. Well, that's not the way it works. Content isn't the same thing as most physical items, even when you're talking about books or records or or what have you. So if this hadn't have happened, chances are we would be seeing stories about Amazon being investigated by the Department of Justice for for. Uh, anti-competitive behavior. And that's all I wanted to say on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's for me, it's a little bit, you know, over there. Am I interested? But well, I am of course a little bit interested because it could spread and it could cause issues elsewhere. But sure. Um, certainly um, I've, I've never been a fan. I know, and I know this isn't actually illegal, but it, it does concern me because it's always a downward push on price and a downward push on price does one of two things it puts people out of work uh people um forget the value of a product but it also creates that monopolistic trading way and amazon were using other products to sell um you know they were selling books um and using you know the low price on that to encourage people in and obviously selling other products at a much higher price. Now, how can a bookstore, a bookstore can't compete that with that because they're not selling other products. And that's one thing which I, I find, I right. do find about Amazon's um, pricing model does annoy me at times. Um, yeah, and, and let's face it, <clears throat> brick and mortar stores have much higher operating costs with having to have a brick and mortar store and salespeople but, that work the shelves know, and having to have all the stock as compared to Amazon, who just has this big, huge warehouse with people still putting stuff in now boxes. They, these companies will say, oh, yeah, but the people want lower prices. I, sometimes I wonder whether people know the impact of just buying cheap all the time. And I don't think everybody always does. The con- Probably the con- not. Well, l- let's get back to the yes, questions. Sorry, sorry, sir. Uh, oh, no, no, that's fine. That's <laughs> Second question to you, Gaz. Uh, was Amazon's pricing model sustainable over the long run, meaning higher prices for ebooks eventually? 
Um, possibly. It all depends whether they're using the um, the pricing model of the books to entice people in to buy other products. Um, again, it's where they're making their margin. Um, and that's what I, that's right. what I don't like about using a product where somebody you know a, a store that constantly concentrates and um, you know only looks at selling that particular product then is unable to compete. Um, now some people would say, yeah, well that's tough. Well, I can assure you that that actually will eventually restrict your selection. Um, I have found books yeah. when I've gone into a bookstore that I would never ever found online yeah either used or no 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 no, i'm talking about just browsing through a bookstore browsing through a record store it's exactly the same with lps actually exactly the same i used to browse you know through the through the record store flip through it's the same dvds if I, i still occasionally go into hmv and flip through their their cd racks and their dvd racks and i'll go into a bookstore and just browse through because you'll come up with something. You'll find you'll come across somebody, a book, a record, and you'll never have heard it, seen it, read it before, and it just might take your fancy and you'll buy it. I'll tell you what, I've never ever it, Yeah, and you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have seen I've that never, like cruising. I've, no, through I've never well it not just Amazon. I'm not just gonna pick on Amazon here. I've never ever found that online. Yep. Okay. Next question. Uh, should there be different pricing models on physical items, the wholesale model, versus virtual ones, an agency model? Uh, not clever enough to answer the question, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, okay, well, we'll skip to the next one. Uh, if Apple loses and Amazon regains their market share... Uh, no, sorry, how going, soon so, so, did you put that sorry, in? Sorry, I'm just going back to that previous one. If you are talking the, if okay. you're talking just the basic uh, physical model versus a, a virtual product, um, I believe there should be. Okay, so uh, something that that is a, a a digital copy as compared, you know, like a, a, an ebook. Or even, or even music or movies, versus a uh, physical item, a book or a DVD or a CD, that there should be a difference in price. Yeah, I just think that we haven't yet found, um, and I don't think anybody yet truly understands what that difference should be. Well, e- eventually it won't matter because uh, we're we're getting close to the point mm. where. CDs may not, or DVDs even, may not be available for the, you know over the next five or ten years. I think it's going to be longer than that. We may, it may be, it may be, but I, I, you know, Blu-ray has not worked out the way that I think most of the uh, the movie studios had ex- had anticipated that it would. I think people are are moving toward uh, digital distribution. Uh, much faster than they're than they're adopting Blu-ray, but you know, that's that's just my opinion. Um, if Apple loses and Amazon regains their market share, do you believe that the DOJ eventually will have to investigate Amazon for any anti-competitive pricing? Um, I think we briefly touched on this, and and there's a there's a there's a great possibility. Yes, there's a great possibility. Okay. All right. Last question, and then uh, we'll have to 
We'll have to get out of this break. Uh, how does DRM fit into this? If the DRM was removed and you could buy an ebook from whoever had the best price without having to rely on Amazon or Apple's devices to read it, in other words, using whichever reader you like best, would Amazon still sell those ebooks at a loss? Um, it, it all depends on whether the sale of the book encourages browsing within the rest of the online store, which is what they're doing to actually um, make the sale. Um, I'm not yet sure whether the sale of the books cheaply and then the sale of the subsequent ebook uh, that they use, the kind that they sell, the Kindle, um, is enough enough of a margin pull on its own. Um, I think Amazon's process is that you get somebody in to buy an ebook and they also browse around and they actually buy other product. Um, but not knowing uh, their strategy on that totally, I don't work for them. Um, I'm not sure on that answer, to be honest. With you. Um, I, d- I, I, I think, I think it probably would. It would mean that they, they would then have to start selling them at a higher price. Uh, because the link between the Kindle and their ebooks is is quite close. Yeah, and then it, it would it just wouldn't be there if the DRM no, wasn't there. No. Now at the same time, you know they've got the the Kindle reader for iOS. Yeah, that's true. And I think there's one for the Mac as well. Yeah. So they, as far as as far and on the same time, there is no um, like minded uh, iBookstore reader for say. Android or for True. Windows. I mean, that's that's basically just for iOS. So um, we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, if if anyone listening to the podcast has a difference of opinion from us, and you know, we we welcome it. Please, uh, please contact us in in all the usual ways, and probably not the next show because four hundred is going to be busy enough as it is. But we'll. I have a feeling that that we'll be revisiting this topic. Uh, probably over the next month or two, depending oh, oh, on what kind of oh, feedback I, we get oh, from I it think, and, and what else happens. I think it's going to run and run for a little long, quite a while, actually, this one. Yep, I do too. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take us out, guys. Roger, Roger. Everyone, pl- please stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Tim Robertson from the Tech Fan Podcast. And I'm David Cohen from the Tech Fan Podcast. And we wanted to take a moment to tell you about the Stoplight Network. Stoplight is a community of podcasters. We're a group of people who are passionate about podcasting, and we're looking for people who have either existing or new podcasts who might be interested in joining us. So check it out at www.stoplightnetwork.com. And while you're at it, check out our show, the Tech Fan Podcast part of the Stoplight Network of Podcasts. Hi, this is Tom Schmidt from First Tech Computer in Minneapolis and MyMac.com, and you're listening to the MyMac.com podcast. Be sure to send your feedback to feedback at MyMac.com. And don't be afraid to tease Guy and Gaz a little if they mess up, unless you are afraid. And welcome to the final section of the MyMac podcast. And we're, 
we're just we're puffing and panting now because this is a long one. That, <laughs> you were racking, you were racking my brain now. I had to think, guy, and I wasn't thinking straight. I tell you, oh, this is, that's, that, <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that was too much for me. So uh, I think we're probably going to be well, running for, quite long. So uh, maybe yeah, we probably. Should, well, uh, all those jump. people for all those people who think I'm stupid. Well, you're probably right, but but that was a good example of me actually using my brain. <laughs> brain. <laughs> Oh, well, why don't we jump right into the app, app picks there, guys? Yep. yep. You first. Go on. Go you first. Oh, you want me to go first? Okay. Uh, yes. Um, I was, I was, I was perusing some of the various Mac sites that I, that I usually do, and I came across somebody talking Arousing. about this game. Perusing. Don't you mean perusing? That's what I do. I'm a per. Uh, no, uh, per meaning going somewhere and rousing meaning going somewhere at a really fast pace. <laughs> okay. No, that's not right. Uh, okay. Well, maybe I'm not as smart as I thought I was. <laughs> uh, and they were talking about this game and, and, and really just how cool and frightening it was. And it's called Amnesia, the Dark Descent. It's on the Mac App Store for $19.99. And the cool thing about this game, it's a first-person perspective kind of game. You have no weapons. You cannot really defend yourself. So when you when the monsters come, you just have to hope to hell they don't see you and that you can get out of the way. But the, the music and the atmosphere and the way that they have it set up, it's one of those games where as you feel apprehensive as you're playing it and it's a really really great game and i'm i'm enjoying the heck out of it that's amnesia the dark descent it's available on the mac app store for 19 dollars 99 yeah sounds scary guy sounds really scary it's um, so scary um so don't don't play it at night when it's dark that's what you're saying to me isn't it <laughs> it's um, dark enough it's dark now. It was light when we started, but it's now dark. Um, okay, I'm going to be a bit of a cheat, actually, this week. And my pick is a bit of a combination. It's a combination of Twitter and my iPhone. Twitter, because of the information, instant information, which helped me stop making a boo-boo of myself going into the um, Apple store and saying, I dropped my phone. I think it's broke. And then just saying, yeah, just do a DFU guy, you know, and it's fixed, man. Now get out of here. Um, and so, t- so <laughs> Twitter rotten, is, kid. Yeah, yeah, Twitter is a bit of a, uh, an app pick. So, you know, just go and choose. I actually use Echophon. I use Echophon on the Mac. I use Echophon on my iPhone. I use Echophon on my iPad. So Twitter, um, you can use any, um, server, not server, um, the client that you, you know, that you want to, but access Twitter, right. But yep. I've got to say the iPhone, the, what amazes me is the fact that it was dead. I tried to turn it on using the normal process, and it wouldn't allow me to. It was like an ambulance had shut its doors and said, I've got to recover. Just give me a moment. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, (laughs) breathe out. out. The pixie dust shook up and then settled down, and then it started working. Um, I pressed two buttons on a combination, and it brought it back to life. My Wi-Fi wasn't connected. Turned it off, started it up again, brought it back to life. Do you know, I don't think... The magic think, unicorns were much happier. Yeah, much happier. I don't think that I've had too many phones where I could do that. So my pick is my iPhone because 
it seemed to come back to life all on its own. And I'm sure, I'm sure some of the pixie dust has fallen out now, but, you know, I'm sure there's still enough in there for it to carry on. And we have a people's pick, Guy. <laughs> yes, we do have a people's pick. Go ahead. Okay, this is from Gary Apter. Uh, it's a uh, Mac desktop app, and it's free. It's through the Mac App Store, although it comes from Russia. Don't be scared, because it's in the Mac App Store. And everything good comes from the Mac App Store, doesn't it, Guy? Say <laughs> yes, Gaz. <laughs> Okay, yes, so it's yes. Paul, it's Paul exclamation mark. Now, I'm not being funny when I go Paul exclamation mark like I was the other week. That's what you have to type in to find it. Uh, Gary says that um, Paul exclamation mark <laughs> is my first. Quite a nice desktop app. Very realistic, action and sound, both. There are some bugs where events don't follow action, but overall a wonderful time eater. I'd like to be able to rotate the table more horizontal. Yeah, that's his only complaint. We've put a link into... And it's free. And it's free, yeah. We've put a link into the iTunes yeah. uh, store so you can go and get that. I say iTunes. Um, it's, it, it is actually a Mac uh, app, so don't worry that it says iTunes on there. Yeah, it'll go to the Mac App Store. if you, if you as, long, well, as long as you have the Mac App Store, and, and you should if you're running at least Snow Leopard. Um... Our Facebook page, we need more likes for it. <laughs> I wonder if our if our number of likes will start to go down after next week. I think so. I wonder. I think so. <laughs> We're up to 122, and thank you all so very, very much. Um, no iTunes reviews this week. We had two last well, week, so I guess that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, but if you would like and, to give us an iTunes review... We would love you long time. And even if you've repeated it and done one before, do another one or refresh your old iTunes review that you did many years ago. And now you think <laughs> we're rubbish. Go and put it in. And you'll still get a Wooty. You really will still get yeah. a Wooty. A good goat. A yeah, if, if you give us a bad you. review, it'll be a, sar- it'll be a sarcastic Wooty. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how that works. Oh, no, nor am I, really. Okay, Guy, can, pe- can, yeah. can, can people uh, contact you? Yes, by God, they can. I can be reached at guy at mymac.com and on the Twitters at twitter.com forward slash MacParrot. Well, they can contact me at Gaz. Oh, I've done it again, haven't I? I did it. You can contact me, Gaz at mymac.com. There, that's better. Um, Twitter.com <laughs> forward slash Gazmaz, uh, G-A-Z-M-A-Z. Hang on a minute. Did you say twitter.com forward slash Mac Parrot and I didn't go? No, you didn't. I was waiting for it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. You don't have to do it every week. So, do. Uh, well, I think uh, it, that's, you know, it, the weird thing is that that squawk has actually been mentioned in some of the iTunes reviews. <laughs> there you so, go. You yeah, see, I, I guess have, we do have, have to, to do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, you can you can also <laughs> contact us on twitter.com forward slash guy and gaz. That's G U Y A N D G A Z. Yep. And we have yet another email uh address that you can send stuff to. Uh this will reach Fearless Leader Tim. It's feedback at mymac.com. And if you would love to call us, because I know you would love to call us and send us an audio clip. 
You can either email that audio clip or you can ring a Skype number because we have a Skype number, which is 703-436-9501. Call it. Call it now. Call it collect, call it direct, but call it today. Yeah. And uh, I think that's going to do it for the show this week. Thank you all so very, very much for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. And congratulations in advance to all the winners of the 400th contest that uh, will be going through next weekend. (laughs) So if you're going to enter the contest, you better hurry up. And uh, I think that's it, guys. Thanks for uh, for being able to, because I know you were going to be busy last week, which is why we weren't doing it on Tuesday. So I appreciate you uh, coming on a few days early. No problem at all. You know, I love just chatting to you, Guy. Yeah, it is fun. It is so much fun because I am such a wealth of knowledge and... And... Um, and- Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. Please check out the Stoplight Network for other podcasts like the Tech Fan Podcast, Pocket Size Podcast, Not Another Mac Podcast, Geekiest Show Ever, the Mac Specialist Podcast, and the all-new App Minute Podcast. As the podcast will soon reach 400, Gaz and Guy sat back and they wondered, we do this each week to satisfy our inner geek, but sometimes it seems less planned than blundered. <laughs>